Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. Thank you so much. I want to thank the, the Defenders Association for the continuing supporting of Mother's Justice Show. That's what we're working for. And I want to thank you so much uh, uh, for all my supporters and all our friends who continually support Mothers for Police Accountability. I'm going to bring our regular here. He's a, he's a regular, Mr. Eddie Rye. Uh, he's got some updates here. I want to just talk to us about what's going on. And also, the sun is back out. It's not as hot. I mean, I know some people in other parts of the country got it, got it really hot, but uh, we might have it hotter this, uh, later on this week. But right now, it's just it's mild for us in the Pacific Northwest. What are you doing, Mr. How are you doing, Mr. Rye? I'm doing fine after watching the weather report. I'm glad I'm in Seattle, Washington, i tell you that. Because it's <laughs> hot all around the world. And hopefully people will wake up and consider trying to deal with climate change. But Joe Manchin want to keep putting cold fumes in the air and uh, making sure that uh, uh, Biden and the Democrats' uh, plans don't go anywhere. So it's really unfortunate. But uh, I'll leave him alone <laughs> and go to something else. Uh, you know, Reverend Harriet, uh, you had uh, your guest last week, Sharon Lane. She yes. was a lady had been in a uh, uh, union for 14 years and the laborers union for 14 years and was working on a project. And this is really how I know Redmond. I'm going to have to change Redmond's name pretty soon. But yeah. uh, at Microsoft. It's the Red Neck. That's, hey, that's what it's starting <laughs> to sound like. I'm telling you, it's really beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we hear this situation, you had her on, she took after 14 years, rather than go through what she's going through. And then uh, later on, she comes out public uh, because she sees what happened to James Myers, a carpenter working on uh, the Facebook project over in Red in Redmond, Washington, uh, who sat on his issue for about nine days before he decided to talk to Pastor Lawrence Willis, uh, who brought everybody together to deal with the situation. And it's my understanding from, uh, I think, Denise Franklin, uh, who's been keeping me informed, Denise Nicole Franklin, I believe is her name, uh, that uh, two uh, of the folks have been fired. Only in uh, Mr. Myers' case, two of the people were fired. But then I started talking to some people in local government, people who are concerned, who are involved with like workforce development. And then they tell me that uh, over 60% of African-American males in the building trades, uh, get when they get past the third year, that's it. Now, right. so we see those nooses, but we don't know what's happening on the job sites to force all these African-American males off the jobs. Now, you look at the fact that apprentices make $27 an hour. So we're talking about folks who make $27 to $60 an hour. I think crane operators make $100, $125, working heavy uh, equipment, $100 an hour. And so with 23 years of no affirmative action, and we also get our contractors that come out to trades. So if they're not coming out to trades, and we've had 23 years of a misapplication of I-200. So a lot of the family businesses where they would pass it on from father to son or mother to daughter, uh, those opportunities diminished as well. So that's why we have a shortage of black contractors because of the lack of opportunity, number one, and then the, also the lack of... Uh, folks coming out of uh, journeying out in those trades. So, you know, this right. is a historic thing because we can recall back with Tyree Scott in the 60s and 70s, there had to be a federal court order. Judge Judge Lindbergh, federal Judge Lindbergh issued a court order mandating five building trade unions to dispatch a black for every white. And after a while, when the money ran out to enforce the court order, the business went back to usual. So uh, I'm going to really be asking my friend Larry Brown, and uh, Pastor Willis and others convene uh, a group to study what's happening with the building trade. This discrimination and racism is unacceptable. And, you know, it's it's so overt now because I know you're going to have Pastor Kerry Anderson on. And it's, I mean, you know, it's almost like being in Mississippi in the 50s right now with the way Black folks have been attacked in uh, Martin Luther King Jr. County. It's, I mean, and I've spent the first 10 years of my life in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I have heard and seen horrific things happen to black men because they wouldn't get off a sidewalk and say, yes, sir, boss, to a white man. So I'm just saying, the, uh, and I lay it all on Donald Trump. He is the one that uh, let it say it's okay to be overtly racist. Uh, I think he's also the one responsible for it. And also the Republicans that to take some responsibility 
for all these mass shootings because uh, they'll talk about everything and pass legislation that would outlaw weapons of war. Uh, these uh, clips that hold a hundred rounds, right? Uh, they won't, we won't outlaw those, but oh, we'll have mental health training. But the folks with the guns are still on the street. We just saw it what yesterday in Indianapolis. They're still on the streets and able to buy these weapons of war, and it's just unacceptable. And and uh, folks just really need to come together and be realistic about what it's going to take to cure this mass shootings. And it's not mental health. That is mental health. It's not mental health, too. Some of it is hatred. To a degree. I mean, some of it is pure hatred, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly what it is. It's the same hatred that, 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 that drove the Ku Klux Klan to burn out people, to lynch people. It's the same kind of hatred of hating the Negro. And mean, I'm just really wondering, in Indianapolis, the three victims I heard had uh, Hispanic names. So I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if they were targeted, but this guy had whoever the guy that shot and killed him was, you know, I have to give him thanks for him because this man had over a hundred rounds of ammunition, another rifle and a pistol. So had not this guy not shot him, those don't know how many people would have been killed in that, in that shopping mall. Wow. And we have the same but, thing here too. We can't talk about Indianapolis. We got to no, talk no, no, about what's thing. happening here. We have the same, I see violence is an American problem. I mean, the, the most violent thing that ever happened in America is that 18 million Native Americans was killed when the, when, when, when the, uh, when, when the colonizers came. Okay, so America, and so um, uh, violence is an American problem and it has escalated even more since, uh, since uh, Trump. Uh, and America, America is an exceptional country. It is an exceptional country because this is a country where people shoot people just because they're bored. They're not shooting for bread, not shooting for water. Uh, they're shooting because they're bored and then they got all this other stuff. So it's a, it really is exceptional. Exceptional, uh, you know, people can come here just to visit Go someplace and, and and don't go back home. I mean, so so it is an American problem, uh, and uh, and 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 the politicians don't have the will to fix it. They do not have the will to fix this. I mean, and look at Texas. I mean, you know, so anybody can get a gun, uh, and uh, and uh, you know what happened at the school down there. Everybody was afraid. Even the law, even even the law toting a gun, uh, 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 sheriffs and, uh, and police officers was scared to go in there and to apprehend or either try to do something. They stood outside the door. I mean, so, so, so uh, yeah, so there's a real problem in America and, um, and people are, are really reticent and, and, uh, and rightfully so. And then I was shooting it up at, up at Kmart uh, uh, here in Washington state uh, uh, the other day. So I saw that on the news. So, so people don't know what to do with themselves. And it's too bad that we don't have a national service uh, uh, program. So all these uh, young people between 18 to 24 can go do something and learn how to serve. I mean, not ask what, you, what your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? Yeah, that's and that's right. a slogan we need to bring back. Yeah. Okay, what well, can I got you a do call, for your country? <laughs> I got a text message from Reverend Paul Benz yesterday and he had called Gerald Hankerson about some racist doorbelling incident, one in Auburn and another one up in uh, Snohomish County. So, you know, uh, folks really gotta be on guard. And I'm, you know, I'm like I said, I, I saw the, the story uh, on Channel 7 with uh, Pastor Kerry Anderson, you know, and uh, I mean, even though he was shot with a BB gun, just thank God it wasn't, it wasn't one of them heavy weapons of war or something they were shooting at him. So, uh, he, I know he survived, but, you know, it's just unreal what's happening in this country. And people want to deny that it's here. It's here. There's no question about it. It is here. Well, it, you know, it's a resurgent of it. I mean, it never went away. It was just in a bottle. It was just in a bottle. I mean, because the Tea Party tried to bring it back when they came around in 2010. And, well, uh, one and thing then, we're going we're to have to do is that, uh, like, uh, the owners, uh, we're talking about including the government agencies, they own these contracts where these, uh, uh, in private industry, own these contracts where these racist incidents are occurring. So uh, it's time for, uh, I'm going to suggest to Bob Armstead, National Association of Minority Contractors and others involved with the industry, that we meet with the county executive, the mayor, and the governor and say, look, these incidents are happening on jobs funded with public dollars. Right. And it needs to stop. If it don't right. stop, don't blame the union. The, the union dispatches folks, but the owner got to be responsible. That's all. This That's story. right. Then the contractor right. say, right. we don't want to take responsibility responsibility for acts of racism perpetrated by union members. 
Well, it's your job. And it's also up to, and we're gonna have to talk to the agencies that hire these contractors. If they can't, right. they can't eliminate the racism, they should not be able to have the contract. Plain right. and simple. There gotta be there gotta be, there's got to be a cost to continue to allowing racism to fester and running black men off these construction jobs. Okay. And I also black women, because Sharon Lane is a good example of that. Black folks are under siege and we got to stop it. And like I said, I've not seen three black folks work other than for the city of Seattle with the public utilities or uh, Seattle DOT uh, or something like that. I've not seen three black workers on the same job uh, on all the other city, county, federal sound transit. No, because they're hiring everybody else. So they're starting with sound transit. Verlene did a report about sound transit. What sound transit would do, they would hire black people and then let them work for two months. And then they went to California and bought brown people. And then they would hire that. They fired all the black people. She issued a report on that. And that's when James Bible was still the president of the NAACP. And I don't know. I mean, I might have a point. I might even have a copy of that report. This has been going on. It's just escalated. Our people have not worked on these construction jobs now for at least almost 15 years. I mean, look at all the money that did not come to our community. It's been going on for quite a while, you know, quite a while. You're absolutely right, Reverend Harriet, and it has got to stop. And we have got to make it stop. Because if it don't, if, it, if we don't make it stop, it won't. Oh stop. no, and you know, we we the ones who have to push back because really and truly, if we don't push back, everybody else is working. So why should they say something? Everybody else is working, and you all got to do is pull up the list of the names. If you pull up the names and then go down the road, you're going to see who's working. We are not working, and it's and in the trade. And um, and and Verlene, uh, uh, Verlene uh, used to say, if you pull up the pull up the names and the position, out they're out there as flaggers, and flaggers don't get to work the whole time of the construction job. Okay, only people like Miss Lane and those people get to work the whole time. The whole the whole if it's a ten year thing, you get to work the whole time. But the other flaggers, they might not work for ten years, and if so, they're at the bottom anyway with the, with, with the wages. There's still a good wage down. Don't get me wrong but they're still not making the money that you said talked about the other ones making. So there's a problem in King County, but, but people got to understand that they need to organize. Marcus Garvey said that we need to organize for our own self-protection. He said, if we did not organize, we would be annihilated. And he said that in the 1920s. Well, he, he said a mouthful, I'll tell you that. And uh, it's up to us and let make sure that doesn't come to fruition. Well, that's the way we have to keep at it. I mean, you sent me a quote today that uh, somebody at the national conference said about uh, said something about who built something free. <laughs> yeah, that was my daughter's quote. Uh, uh, the uh, president of the NAACP at their conference today, Derek Johnson said, "I'm gonna quote my friend Angela Wright. We built this this country for free, but she says we built this joint for free." That's right. That's <laughs> and right. We did that's build right. this joint right. for free. That's and right. And then uh, Congresswoman Alberta Adams reminded folks. You know, uh, when they built the Capitol, and those slaves didn't have cranes, they had human ladders. They were climbing up on each other's shoulders to do stuff, all kind of dangerous stuff. And uh, we still disregarded, no reparations. And we don't know how many died. See, it's no record of how many died building. That's right. That's right. Because because they they died in bondage, so it might not be no record. They just found another one to go up there. Well, that's when 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 people are property, when people are property and not human beings, and that's what right. we were considered. Uh, that's when they say the land of free and home of the brave. They weren't talking about us, even though we helped keep the country free. Even in but we the only want to come from World War One. Most people come escaping something. We fought for our own liberation, and that's what we have to tell people all the time. We fought for our own liberation. Nobody woke up one day and said they were going to give us freedom. Nobody woke up one day and said, "Well, y'all free." Y'all just get on off the land. No, we fought for our own, and we fought for everything in this country that everybody else comes to benefit. Well, I'm sure everything, happy to see everything. happy to see that Bruce family in uh, Manhattan Beach. We have that millions of dollars worth of property restored to right. them. Right, that's right. one good right. thing. And there's a couple right. of things happening, I think, uh, in a town in Illinois where they are also doing. Uh, reparations. Right, right, right. So, and that's what we right. got to keep pushing on that. Like, I we really got to keep pushing it. on that, and and also we got to tell the young people they got to learn how to organize for a lifetime. You don't just organize and then because you because you don't win you go home. But oh, you know, no. and let's keep let let's keep organizing, Mister Rye here, and I appreciate the work that you're doing, and uh, 
and all of that. And I know, I know that the uh, the Black Caucus uh, 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 event that's coming up in the fall in September. I know you used to go to that. Is that right? Yeah. There's also another event, the Mississippi Policy Conference, that's hosted by Congressman Benny Thompson uh, in Tunica, Mississippi. Uh, that will happen at I'll go to that first. That's in August. It used okay. to be in the second weekend in August. But I think they're pushing it back because of the January 6th committee. No telling okay. what might come up. So, okay. But it's a All good right. time to be with a lot of the members face to face and you yeah. know, being able to get to know folks. All right. And we're still looking for that uh, special thing on, on the, uh, to be able to have a, have a set aside for for the for the descendants of people who were in bondage on on these government jobs. So I know you were working on that. All right, right. A federal designation for African mm -hmm. United States enslaved. Absolutely. Right. Okay. We're not well, asking for anything so other than what we deserve. That's right. What we deserve. We need our that's own right. designation. That's right. That's right. I have nothing against the other minority groups, but we've been right. here for hundred years. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I understand. Right. We're not asking yeah. for nothing. We don't owe. Thank you. All right, Mr. White, thank you for a wonderful update. So we'll just okay, uh, yeah, thank you again, thank and thank we'll you. have you on again. So, yeah, thank you so much. You're listening to The Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host. We'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor The Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Chris Domine is a husband, father, an athlete, even an Ironman. But 10 years ago, Chris's kidneys were failing. The doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant, you are going to die. Chris received a second chance, made possible by an organ donor. Your well-being changes from loss of hope to better times ahead. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance, where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact Dr. K Workshops at gmail.com or Facebook Dr. K's Abundance. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, from Walden. It's always my joy to be on the air. And I thank you for listening out there. I want to bring on my next guest. Uh, he's uh, been passed. He's a pastor here. I want to bring on uh, Reverend Dr. Kerry uh, Anderson. I, I welcome Dr. Anderson. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Reverend Walden. How are you doing in the work and in the struggle? Oh, well, yeah, just like I just told Mr. Wright, we got to, we got, I'm good. I'm good because good. I do this work because of my ancestors. You know, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. So I owe them something. I owe them something. I owe them, I owe them some, I owe them to, to dedicate my life to people who uh, never had any Gucci shoes, didn't have no thermal underwear, never had a microwave. You know, they had to chop wood, you know, might not have had bread, but they had faith knowing that a better day would come. We have the better day. Your children, your grandchildren, they prayed us up. They looked up to the sky one day and they said, Lord, I know I'm never going home again. And I might not never see my children. I heard they just took my husband away. The Lord, a better day is coming. And they prayed us up. And I believe that. I believe that they, they and, that, and that's what really, the message is that we're victorious people. We're absolutely victorious. And through it all, they, if they, they just need to leave us alone because we, we God's people. That's <laughs> yeah, right. So, that's yeah, right. Well, so I want to welcome you here because you and I share an event. And I, you know, I want you to just talk about your event, uh, what happened. I mean, you know, and it's a blessed, you know what? So many ways God blesses us, because had it been another way, I we we wouldn't be having you here today. It'd, it'd be a it, it'd be obituary written. So you know what? I think there was no obituary needed, and so I'm so glad you're here. So you can just 
you know, let, let my listeners know about what happened uh, 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 to you uh, uh, a few days ago. Well, thank you, Reverend Walden. And let me say how much uh, the community needs your voice in the work that you do and the boots on the ground that you share with so many of us. You've been on the forefront in so many areas regarding social justice, and uh, we just want to commend you for the work that you do. On Friday morning, late Thursday night, around midnight, I was out with uh, my uh, volunteers. We were doing our work in our campaign, and I was shot with a BB gun twice in the hip. Uh, we were, uh, of course, uh, unexpectedly surprised by that. I was actually shocked and startled and uh, bewildered, if you really want to be uh, honest about it. You know, at, at this stage of my life, I don't think of myself as being endangered by being in the community, but it goes to show no matter how old you are, you can still be a victim of a hate crime. And certainly I attribute this to be nothing more than a hate crime. Yes. Uh, the driver driving by uh, saw two black men and took it upon himself to uh, take out his gun, which happened to be a BB gun. But regardless, next time it would have been uh, a regular real gun or an assault rifle, if you will. But he... Uh, rolled down the window and pointed his gun. We heard the crack of the gun. And I looked at my volunteer next to me. And we both were startled by the sound of the uh, pulling of the trigger. And I, and I told my volunteer, I'm hit. And so it was really a shock. Uh, we did call 911. The sheriff's deputies were dispatched and uh, came on the scene, took a report, and did observed that uh, there were traffic cameras uh, in the uh, vicinity. So right now it's still under investigation and I'm hoping that the uh, surveillance cameras will reveal the license plate of the uh, perpetrator that shot me in the hip. Wow. Well, you know what? One thing we give on and praise to God that uh, he might've had a hundred guns at this house and he might've thought he was picking up one. God said, not the day he picked up the BB gun. He might have bought for his kids or going to give to somebody because we know that people are armed in America. And I'm just so glad that God has saved you uh, and that the angels and the ancestors was giving you protection. <laughs> yes. Certainly, certainly. <laughs> you know, that's right, right there. But again, we go back to all of our troubles in America. You know, I mean, it's like, okay, we have done everything possible to make it in America. We, you know, we've done everything. So this burden of racism is not our problem. We've carried it too long. Mm -hmm. It's not our problem. We were stolen. Yes. You know, yes. we, 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 we're the stolen ones. We didn't get on no boat by ourselves. No. <laughs> and you know? uh, Reverend Walter, you know, as well as I know, they weren't cruise ships. That's right. And that's what Texas trying to lie. <laughs> you know, they were slave ships. Yes. We were packed like sardines. sardines. That's right. That's right. Taken That's from right. the Gold Coast of Africa, Africa. to the and, Atlantic. And I always like to let people, points when we have this conversation, realize and know for sure that the Catholic Church in 1452, June 18th, signed the bull, signed the, the paper to give Portugal exclusive rights to bring. Africans out of Africa. And he said that we were pagans, we didn't have a soul, and that, and that we were infidels. And they also brought out Muslims called seraphims. That was the beginning of the Catholic Church wealth. And the church went on to say that we would be in perpetual servitude. Mm -hmm. That's what the Catholic Church said. And then they went on with Slaves the Muslims. for yeah. life. That's Slaves right, exactly. That's what the church said. Mm -hmm. I always want people to know how we got here. Mm -hmm. We were stolen. Yeah, Portugal was, they were supposed to bring black gold, bring black gold out and gold. The black mm -hmm. gold was us. And the church collected 30 cents off of every human being that yeah. they brought out of Africa. And then Spain got in there. Mm -hmm. Then uh, every other country in Europe, in Eastern and Western Europe, broke with Rome to get into the slave trade. Yes. And we know that the sun never shut, set on the British Empire. 
Mm-hmm. They're the last one to get into it. See, mm-hmm. yeah. So we had this long history on how we got here, mm-hmm. but God has sustained us, you know. And I think about those mighty people in your in your lineage. You know, you come from a lot fine lineage of people. I'm sure you do. I mean, but but uh, they had a they had a vision. They they had a vision, and they knew in their hearts that they weren't really a slave. They knew mm-hmm. something, you know, and and they, and they grabbed hold to this religion because they needed to have something to hold on to. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and and, and I, 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 because that's what, you know, that's what got people through. And then singing these songs and the songs of hope, the songs of, uh, of, of, of redemption. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and so we're here because of them and God and God's grace. So, um, but but this stuff, you know, and like I said to Mr. Ryan, uh, you know, this genie that was in the bottle has been un- un- unleashed by 45 Trump. He, he unleashed yeah. it. You know, it, it was kind of kind of like in this bottle, this hatred was in the bottle. And now it's everywhere. It's just well, out. And you got 18-year-olds. Why would 18-year-old kids have animus with us? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what, do, what does an 18-year-old need with an assault weapon? That's right. In their home in the first place. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I also want to publicly thank you for coming to when we were standing in solidarity with Buffalo. And yes. we know that we had a lady that was 82. We had elderly people shot there. And 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 unlike the thing in Texas, I mean, at Uvalde, uh, the, the, the black policeman there, he I think he probably died first because he was trying to take the shooter down. Yes. Yes, and and unlike these uh, police officers, there I uh, let these children be in that room and uh, uh, and suffered while they was outside the door. I mean, he went down as a hero for his people. Yes. he did the best he could to stop uh, to stop this, the shooter there. And, uh, well, and, 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 and Alden, let me say this: I have no doubt in my mind, and I must say it now while it's on my mind, that we as African Americans are at risk. When we go outside of our door, but not just outside. Brianna Taylor was shot in her own bed. So she was at risk in her own home, going shopping at the Topps grocery store in Buffalo to buy some bread and some meat and some milk. You are at risk. Driving while Black, we know the story behind that. Jalen Walker just the other day. That's right. The autopsy showed that 90 rounds were fired at him on a routine traffic stop. Right. 45 of those rounds entered into his body on a traffic Traffic stop. But also, Pastor, a traffic stop is not a capital offense in America. No. We don't send people to the gallows in America for a traffic stop. You don't kill somebody for a missing uh, license plate tag. That's right. That's right. That's right. Or that's running right. a red light or right. one of your headlights right. or taillights that's is right. out. That's right. That that's should right. not be the basis right. of being handcuffed and shot. And then and, they put handcuffs on this gentleman and this young man after they've shot him. Yes. Put handcuffs on him. And that, that's the height of being inhumane. Absolutely. Really, it is the height of being inhumane here. And so we're talking about these, these incidents here. Uh, and but I'm just I, you know what what I when I see you I'm just encouraged because I I know that you running I know I know that you you got a job to do God has called you for it you out putting out those signs and uh, and you're going to continue to do that. Oh, I we did my, it uh, yesterday after church after church oh, yeah, yeah, out there in the field. Yeah, <laughs> you, right. yeah you know, you with know that right. is the spiritual DNA of black folk. That's right. We That's the spiritual DNA. You know, and, yes. and, 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 that, and that's what people don't understand because our DNA is different because what we've gone through. And it is a spiritual mm-hmm. DNA. And I've had this conversation with people because, you know, Harriet Tubman had precognition. And mm-hmm. I was had this uh, talking with a Caucasian lady. I never heard of that before. I said, well, you've never been a slave. I said, look, I said, I yeah. said God, had to, God had to communicate with people. They had precognition. They had pre, they, 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 they could hear. They could hear the voice of God because that's what that that's what uh, Sojourner Two said, and uh, uh, and so God had to communicate with our people so they would know where to go to be safe. That's right. That's, that's right. right. That's right. See, and, uh, and and so and so that spiritual DNA has been horned by our walk here. 
down. And I got assaulted downtown too. And the guy just That's was having a bad understood. Day. And that just yeah. hurt my heart yesterday when uh, you reminded us of that incident. Right. Right. And I mean, I just got out. I mean, I was just crossing the street. And he tried to run over me and he called me a few choice names. I called him back. He called me some more. I told him, I told him his mama was one. And I kept walking. <laughs> and so <laughs> I know it. He had got out of this car and hit me with a with the full uh, oil, a motor oil, a, a container full of oil and hit me so hard. I've never been hit by a man in my life. I've Lord never God. been, you know, I've never been hit in my life. But, you know, it's like, wow, if he had had a gun, he might have had 10 that day or 50. But that day he left home without a gun. And I'm saying, because he was close enough to me to, he, I, I, I wouldn't be here today had he shot me. That where, where, where he hit me at in my back, it, it would have killed me. See, you know. You know, when you talk about the spiritual DNA of black folk, I can't help but thinking about that song, "No Never Alone." I've seen the lightning flashing. That's right. Heard the thunder roll. Thunder roll. Felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard a voice from heaven Heaven. telling me still to fight on. That's right. Promise never to leave me, never to leave me on. And that's what keeps us going. That's That's what what keeps us going. And then, and and that's 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 going. And that's what we need to. And and we need as we can convey that to the young people. Because if they understood what me and you understand, they would never pick up a gun to harm one another. Because see, that's what keeps us going. You know, yeah. that, that, that they, they've had some bad programming, some stuff that did, that's not really true. But my grandmother said the same, said those words when I was a girl. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, she, she was born in 1889. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was born in like 1882 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and this is what they said, you know. You know, and yes. the Lord will make a way somehow. The Lord will make a way somehow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, and, and the Lord did make a way somehow. Can, can, can we have church on 11.50 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? You know, because so this, is what, this is what got us through. And sometimes, you know, Sam Kofa said you got to go. You got to look back, grab something to come to get you through. And yes. so now we're back in Jim Crow. The young people just didn't get it yet. Right. I mean, the, right. the court is set against us. Yes. Okay. And this court is set against us. And it took Thurgood Marshall all of those years. The uh, court was set against us in the late uh, 1800s, uh, 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 all the way to Brown versus the Board of Education uh, until they brought down the Jim Crow signs with, with Thurgood right. Marshall. You know, out, you know and, uh, and so what we do know is that things doesn't move that fast in America. And these people have been work, working for 40 years to take mm-hmm. back the civil rights movement, to take mm-hmm. back everything that they that Johnson signed the paper on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they afford to do that now. When but we look we, at the March on Washington, 1963, right. it was for jobs That's right. and justice. We're That's still right. fighting for jobs, jobs and, and justice. justice. Because everybody else can come to America. I tell people, we're not immigrants and we're not refugees. We didn't come for freedom and we didn't come for safety. We've known, we've not known either. I saw people sitting up in the Mother Emanuel. Welcome mm. the stranger in. It's our mm. tradition. We're still African. That's See, it right. ain't Southern hospitality. It was African hospitality. Because right. we, we, they were lynching us and we still had hospitality. Yes. So, so, so you welcome the stranger in. And mm-hmm. sat with them and then got up and did a horrible thing. Yes. You know? Yes. And then, yes. So this is who we are. And I tell you one thing about it. I will never be a hater pastor just like you. You know, mm-hmm. I was taught not to hate. My grandmother's first husband was killed by some white people. And she married my grandfather. But she told me, baby, don't be no hater. She said, don't waste no time hating these people. She told mm-hmm. me if they knew better, they'd do better. So the best gift my grandmother gave me was not mm-hmm. to hate. Mm-hmm. I mean, really and truly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can sit at anybody's table and I could go to everybody's meeting. Mm-hmm. I've been to some of all of them. I just didn't go to John Versailles and the Tuca clan. But I'd have been because <laughs> I'd have taken my marbles to go home and in 30 years, I've been out here 32 years, so I've never yes. gone home. My, my grandkids Absolutely. get the, my cat grandkids would get in the car. Grandma, 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 we're going to a meeting. So I'm the meetup grandmother too. Yes. <laughs> Instead of going to a mall, they yes. go into a meeting with me, see, you mm-hmm. know. 
But I just wanted to get you on here to let you talk about it. And I know that you have a fine, you know, you know, I'm still a Methodist in my heart and I come over there from All time right. to time. You know that. And you know what I, you know, I want the world to know that uh, you give me the utmost respect, Pastor. Mm -hmm. And the times that I needed your church, I, 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 whether it was for my breakfast or whether it was for a, a, a press release, I've a press conference. I've had many press conferences there. Yes. And, uh, and you've always been gracious. First day and I mean, is a community-based church with open yes. doors and open arms. And we will continue to do that for the whole community. And that's Fighting what you justice anywhere we injustice anywhere we see it and standing up for the oppressed. That's what we're about. Well, it's two, it's four sisters here. Their mother gave mm -hmm. Marcus Garvey flowers. As Mark Marcus Garvey walked from First AME to to uh, to to Washington Hall in the 1920s, is that right? Yes, and uh, it was either 1921 or 22, uh, and uh, their mother and and they grew up talking her their all of their life, and their mother died too. It's 100, 102, 2015, um, and. Uh, and and uh, what and, and when they when when uh, when they came back, when I met them, they were continuously to talk about, continuously to talk about the um, uh, about Marcus Garvey. Now they wasn't born, but mm -hmm. the impact that Marcus Garvey made on a six-year-old child here in Seattle, Washington, I uh, uh, impact their whole lives. And I Absolutely. met them. So and so uh, so he so, so first they had me has been in the fight. In the early in the 1920s, because Marcus Garvey spoke there and marched from there to Washington Hall, and they were and that's a bit of history that I had not been apprised of before. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I have never heard that before. Well, see, I'm a Garveyite, so I got all the history. And, and and Seattle used to be a Garvey town. It was a mm -hmm. lot of people here. It was a lot of Garveyites. It was a lot of Jamaicans here at one time. Mm. And uh, and uh, and and so he had a, a great following here. And uh, my understanding that he might have came here twice, but I know for oh. one time. And mm -hmm. and uh, and they marched uh, in their white, you know, and all that. They marched from uh, from uh, uh, from First Amy to Washington Hall. Uh, and um, yeah, oh yeah. And, and they're so proud. The oldest sister is eighty nine, and they're four sisters, and they're all in their eighties. And they just oh, they just they. They just be chatting about Marcus Garvey as if it was yesterday, and that was before they were born. So first day me, first day me has been out there, okay. <laughs> and we want to continue in the tradition of our foremothers and forefathers. Yes, because yes. church is not a social club. Church should be an activist institution, right. preaching right. the gospel, but also talking about social change and the conditions that impoverished people need to hear a message of hope and a message of healing and a message that a brighter day is on the horizon. And it is a brighter day. And you know why it's a brighter day? Because you and I, people like you and Eddie, we just keep going because we just keep going. It's like, okay, okay, well, just what, 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 what? you know, we're going to keep well, going. Like you, I we have to stand up, speak up and show up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't we about. do that though. We you put know, our marching boots way. on and we get out there. Yeah, and you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I I had this girl, I had this friend who used to tell me that um, if uh, if man paid to God, don't owe you nothing. And I said, well, I tell you what, I said, I said, well, you know what, we've been doing this work for volunteers. We've been doing this work as volunteers. I uh, uh, we continue to do it because it's the right thing to do. It's and I'm right just, thing. it's the right thing to do. And you know what, you know, Pastor. I want to be on the right side of history. Yes. yes. You know, that is my goal. I want to be on the right side of history. When history is written, I want to be on the right side of history. And you know, you know one of the things that carries the Black community in particular are the songs such as, If I Could Help Somebody. Oh, yes. As I Pass Along. If I Can Cheer Somebody with a Word or a Song. If I Can Show Somebody that they're traveling wrong. That's right. Yes. My living will not be in the advance. And so we want to make a difference. While we're here. That's right. We want to make a difference. And you are making a difference in King County. And I'm, you know, and uh, all the support that I can give you, I'm going to give you that and going to keep those prayers out there. And I thank, thank you. you, you know, I thank you. And, uh, you know, just say, 
or you know, if I if I know you somewhere, and I got transportation, you know, I'm gonna come. You know, and my oh, son right. Ubered me yesterday, and then somebody else brought me home. So it's That's like, right. uh, it's like, hey, you know, because like they say, well, there's a will, there's a way. That's and Marcus it. Garvey says, up your mighty words, accomplish what you can. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, Mar- Marcus Garvey said, intelligence, uh, intelligence rule the world, and ignorance bears the burden. And that's still today. We that's have to be today. have our people educated, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, because uneducated people have a hard time, no yeah. matter what color they are. We got to get them reading, and we got to make sure they understand that they got a future, and their future don't come from man. The future comes from God. We've given man too much credit. May said once, and the essence of it is the uh, failure is not reaching your goal. The failure in life is having no goal to reach for. That's right. We should always aspire to be the best person that we can be as we are given this life as a gift. And uh, we need to make the most of the gift that's That's right. We're not here just to exist and suck up the air and take up space. We're put here for a purpose to make life a little better for somebody else as well as yourselves. Right. Right. And that's the truth. And Pastor, it's been such a blessing having you on. And, uh, you you know, you have my full support. Uh, And this uh, is my first uh, time on your on your broadcast. And I certainly hope I get invited again because this is well, you will. You will. We've been on, you know, the next time you come on, we're just going to talk about old Negro stuff. Old Negro (laughs) specials that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how we got over. You know, we're going to have church and it's okay because it's my show. (laughs) So it's like. (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah, so we we, we well, can bring God in the house anytime we choose. God can be on Front Street. Okay, we don't have to put that's God in, the, right. in our pocket. We got God that's in Front it. Street. You know, I want the light of the Lord to show on my face, like it's showing on yours. <laughs> we will have another Azusa experience. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let's do that. You know, where the Holy Ghost just came in for weeks on end. That's right. Yeah, we can do that. One thing about yeah. it, we as African people can do anything we choose, Pastor. That's really, right. Really, That's really right. thank you so much. All right, God then. Thank you. you so much, for Pastor. And you take care and to your radio audience. All Let's right. take care of each other and ourselves. Thank you so much, Pastor. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host. We'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM. KKNW is my host, my joy to be on the air. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. And you know, I'm giddy as a kid being on the air. I love radio. I want to bring my next guest on. She's no stranger. She's been on before. I want to bring on, this is Attorney Lynn Wilson. How you doing, Lynn? Hi, Harriet. I'm doing good. Well, thank you for Happy coming on at the last minute. Thank you for coming on at the last minute. You were here. Talk- oh, and today is Nelson Mandela's birthday. Oh, oh my yeah, so goodness. Hey, and yeah, I have so his picture. Yeah, I see it. Like the yes, yeah. his birthday. So it's a national holiday in uh in South Africa. I mean, I'm so, you know, um, yeah, for, for Nelson Mandela's birthday. I saw that yesterday that was coming up today. So thank you for coming on and reminding me of that. Because the last time you were on, you were talking about South Africa. So this is um thank you for coming on because you've been working on the use of force policy and uh, and, and some information. For uh, you know, for mothers, uh, for a state. So anyway, I want to bring you on and just talk about the uh, use of force in the uh, in the community police commission. You put some inf- some good information together for us, right? So there seems to be a little confusion about um, this the use of force policy and how it works in the city of Seattle. And um, so I went back through. I mean, there's kind of been, there was an article in the South Seattle Emerald newspaper about the Community community Police Commission, and it was basically alleging that the commission is a quote-unquote failure in terms of being able to actually have an effective 
use of force, uh, use of deadly force in particular policy. And it was the most of the discussion was around the Charlene Lyles case. And I, so I went back, I remembered, I woke up one night in the middle of the night the other day when I was thinking about this, because I know it, that it just wasn't accurate, that um, in this, the Community Police Commission at the very beginning really protested in not being included by, with the city and the court-appointed monitor in the DOJ case to revise the use of force policy to emphasize de-escalation. And that's really important. And I wrote an article about this a number of years ago. And at that time, 2018 uh, or 2017, it was really the only city in the whole country that had a policy like that. And it was specifically because of the Community Police Commission, yourself, Lisa Dugard, um, the, uh, the representatives of the other uh, many community groups, the ACLU, um, and all the groups that had signed on to the DOJ letter had pushed and that they had actually threatened to resign completely every single one of them, all 15, including the police officers, if they did not participate in this revision of the use of force policy. And why that's important is that it emphasizes de-escalation, that police officers have to use de-escalation tactics before they can even consider using any kind of force on a person if they're um, in an arrest situation or a detention situation or, or even or any kind of a contact. And so it's really not accurate to say that the Community Police Commission has been a total failure when it comes to um, this use of force policy. And now, as you know, um, as of the end of this year, every single law enforcement agency in the whole state is going to have to have a policy that really models pretty much what the city policy was because of the community police commission. And so I just, you know, there's not much time to talk about this, but I, I know you were intimately involved in that and you have been for 10 years and it's really, really important. Now I don't, the Charlene Lyles case is over. Um, there was no body camera, there was no video. It's really difficult to know exactly what happened. Um, but the other um, statistics, the statistics that have come out now is that this policy actually is working and that in particularly in the category of um, when officers encounter someone in a mental crisis. Um, and as you know, it's about 10,000 contacts a year, which is just an incredible number um, that it's extremely rare that they use force at all now, which was not the case when the DOJ um, consent decree was entered into. And that they only that they use lethal force, not necessarily killing someone, but they actually use lethal force in extremely rare situations, like one or two times a year. Um, and that there have been a couple of cases where people have been killed in, um, and in, in, that involved uh, emotionally um, distressed people who were not otherwise involved in criminal behavior. And in both of those instances, the officers were disciplined for failing to use de-escalation under that policy. So it's just really important to make sure that community members understand that the Community Police Commission really stuck their necks out on this and really made a major change. And that it's the change that's gonna to have to be implemented by every single law enforcement agency in the whole state of Washington. Um, by December 1st of this year. And that, that is an incredible achievement. And it's, um, so I just, you know, I hope we can issue some kind of a statement on behalf of mothers or if, right. they, if the CPC comes out with their own statement, I know that might be a little bit more difficult, but it's just really important to make sure that the record is really clear about what happened. You were there, you participated. I remember when this happened. Right. And this, it right. was the police officer supported this too. The other thing I remembered was that there was a group of Seattle police officers who sued the the court monitor and That's tried right. to, they went to court and they tried to say, you're taking away our ability to defend ourselves. Right. And it got thrown out of court and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld that and made it really clear that this policy still allows for self-defense, which is basically what the Charlene Lyles case situation um, what the jury ended up agreeing if they basically agreed that the officers were defending themselves. Now, whether that actually is true or not, we just will never know. 
but um, this, the but the federal courts upheld that policy and um, yeah, so I'm just really, you know, I just hope we get the information out there because well, the I, I hope we can do our statement for ourselves, but also yeah. I think what's really, I think what's really important also that you found out that a lot of these, a lot of times people are saying everyone just got shot uh, by the police in the last few years or all the mental, it was in some, some state of mental crisis, but some of the people was, I mean, some of the, some of those fatal shootings were around domestic violence and some other issues. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so they had them all in there, integrate, all in there to, to uh, wind up together. And what we did is that you disaggregated it and, uh, and, and said, no, these, these were different kinds of calls and, and, uh, than, than the caver case, the young man with the knife down, and and that and that. so I thought that was really good to make that distinction. Yeah, well, I I just think you can't someone who maybe had committed a murder. I mean, a couple of the killings, a couple of the police SPD shootings were one of them was um, the situation that happened at the parking lot at the Urban League apartments. And well, yeah, and that's why, that's why, and uh, he actually actually came out and, and he was shooting people ran, at random. I mean, you know, really, yeah. that, that's right, 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 right. So it's a little, it's kind of stretching things a little bit to claim that some of these situations were mental distress situations, because of course they were probably mentally distressed because some of these people had actually uh, committed some pretty horrific crimes. And or allegedly, or at least there was probable cause to arrest them. Even one of the domestic violence cases, the person clearly had a mental problem, but he had just killed his girlfriend. Um, and so I don't think the officers knew that until they went into the apartment. So it, it's it's just, you can't lump these, you can't just say, well, just because the person was mentally distressed at the time that they were interacting with police officers, of course they were mentally distressed. Um, that that is a, a mental health case that should be shouldn't have happened, um, but there were those two, and it's really there were those two. I mean, one was Mr. Caver, and then the other one was um, Derek Hayden, who was the young man who had a butcher knife and he was down by the waterfront. Right. Um, right. And that, but those officers were disciplined for that, right. and those cases are still going on, and the inquests will happen. Right. The and those are not over yet. No, they're not over yet. No. Yeah, well, you know, thank you so much, though, for, uh, for for coming on short notice to be able to talk about it. And then we'll get a statement uh, out and then we can talk about it again. Um, I thank yeah. you for your, I thank you so much for this because you're highlighting things that needs to be said. I mean, and and, and like the, the use of force policy is going to be used across the state. I mean, and then we 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 actually had a time, time to chime in on that on that policy, too. They reached out to mothers anyway. They did. They did. And right, they you know. and they clearly modeled. They used the Seattle policy. It's really right. clear. They right. used the Seattle That's policy as a right. as a basis for the model right. policy that right. all departments yeah. are going to have to. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Harriet. Hey, thank you so much. I will, thank you so much oh, for we'll coming talk on. Later. Talk thank you. We sure will. Thank you. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on eleven fifty a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Ron Walden, and I'll see you next week. Stay hydrated, people. Stay hydrated. Hydration is the key to good health. Ask me. I ought to know. <laughs> Have a good week. <laughs>